everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the ninth episode of Riverdale Season 6, The Serpent Queen's Gambit. I'm Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined, as usual, not as always, but as usual, by my co-host, who may have been absent last week, but would never kidnap my baby and give it to a cop, Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how are you doing tonight? I am doing great. I'm so excited to be back. Um, you're absolutely right. I would never give a baby to a cop, uh, <laughs> You, you caught, especially if I kidnapped it. Like, that just seems counterintuitive. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited to be here. And, you know, I'm just happy for the listeners that they got to experience the last podcast. Uh, I got to feel what it's like as a Kowski Cast fan to get the podcast, you know, listen to the analysis of the episode. And I'd, I'm just curious which Mary I will be talking to today, or are you both here? <laughs> it's just me this time. Just the OG Mary. Yeah. Uh, it, it, look, it was, it was a desperate last minute move. <laughs> Not because you didn't give me plenty of time to find an actual person to talk to, but because my schedule got so busy that I was like, oh, it's 2 a.m. At this point, it's just me and myself that I <laughs> going to um, do this podcast. I, it's funny because I was like, oh, she's tweeted that like people would be surprised at who the guest is. And so in my mind, I was like, oh, is it her sister? Is it her mom? Is it like someone That's we don't the know? The bar is that it's my sibling or my mom. Those are the only people I can get. No, 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 no. That's just like when you're going to be like, oh, look at this interesting guest that I'm not giving like their at for. So I was like, oh, she probably talked to like a family member about it. That's cool. And then I started listening and I was like, is she okay? <laughs> yeah. Two in the morning explains a lot. You got to stop yeah. staying up until two in the morning. Nothing good happens after, honestly, I, midnight, but like yeah. certainly two in the morning. I'm getting better. We are recording this nice and early early for once at least for me it's it's only 8 30 p.m so that's yes and it's famously earlier. later late for me at 5 30 p.m <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i'm enjoying this no, i this think this is, great. is gonna be great so much energy yeah we don't need to talk about last episode <laughs> so truly the, the only thing i have to say about last episode is i'm sorry what like what and it goes for this episode too what is the show what are we doing here now i actually way enjoyed this episode more than last episode Although I've kind of blocked out what happened last episode. <laughs> so I, I feel watched like I've been both, trying, but I, I don't remember. I watched both episodes back to back. So I'm sure I will get confused between the two of them and what happened in what order. I, I mean, the main thing is it's just a lot of a lot of Percival Pickens, who I've almost exclusively just referred to as Pickens in my notes because I can't tell if it's, is it Percival? Percival? Like it's Percival. Percival. I don't know. Who? Why would it be per Percival? <laughs> is it a cruise line? <laughs> Is that like a carnival carnival? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Just a on. little cruise humor for you. Just a little cruise humor in, in our year 2022. <laughs> it's really hey, great. Cruise ships are back. The first cruise ship since COVID docked in Victoria last weekend. Oh, wow. I didn't so, like it. I did not like how many people there were in my neighborhood. <laughs> I guess I, I'm glad I got to sneak in there and visit right before, yeah, <laughs> right you, before cruise ships came back. You got back. in before the cruises. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this episode, The Serpent Queen's Gambit. I really thought 
we were going to, while the main plot was about the Serpent Queen, I'm confused because it wasn't wrapped up. So I, I'm assuming that next episode might be a follow-up to this one, except this episode was not a follow-up to the last one. Because the last one, oh, it's coming back to me now. The main the main crux was the, okay, so the, the, the homeless population and yes. then the Alice really coming after the casino. And at the end, she was like, if you don't, like, yeah, it was like, Veronica, you have to, like, back up from the casino or there's going to be no right. shot of you succeeding. And if you're not willing to do that, we have all of these applications and legislation that we can use in order to win. Like, we will win. You will not win with your casino. And so to me, the story of this season, now that Percival Pickens is in the picture, which can I just say I hate this guy so much? Like, he has a yeah. very punchable face. He does. Um, well, did you see the preview for next episode? No. And like I that face just might get punched because punching's back. Yeah, because Archie has anger issues. Amazing. So I feel like now that he's here, he, like Hiram, wants to take over this town. Why? Like Hiram, we have no, absolutely no idea why anybody would want this town. And each episode is like, he is going to give the residents of Riverdale what they want in order to gain more power. So last week, he got rid of the unhoused population and became a deputy sheriff. I can't believe this is a real sentence coming out of my mouth. Uh, and then... <laughs> And this week, he uh, dealt with the ghoulies and got onto the town board or town committee or whatever it's called. And so it's like, look at this man amassing power and he's doing it quickly. Uh, but it turns out it's easy to get power when you can mind control people. Yes. Mm. And I have a big theory about this, Ooh. which is also just I stole your theory. <laughs> So we're going to get into it. But I definitely think that this is, I think we're looking at this wrong. I think we thought that the first five episodes of Riverdale season six were the Splinter universe and this was going to go back to normal Riverdale. No, I think we're just, I don't know if it's going to be for the first five episodes or for longer than that, but I think that we are seeing the fallout from the Splinter universe. Yes, I th I think that um, it's there. there's a paradox because of Jughead calling Betty. Right, because I will cling to anything that could possibly get us back to there's no magic in Riverdale. I'm fine with there being magic in Riverdale. Like, I'm like, if you want to have magic, sure, you can have magic. And like magic has always been canon. Uh, magic has always been canon to the Riverdale story with Sabrina the Teenage Witch be starting in that realm. So if there's going to be magic, there's going to be magic. What I don't like is that now they're superheroes. And they called it, and also Betty calls them mutants this episode, saying they have mutant abilities. And I'm like, I guess technically you've mutated, but I just don't think of them as mutants. And I just think it's offensive. Well, I guess that's like a X-Men thing, because isn't that like... Yeah, they're all they mutants. Yeah. See, I don't know. I've never seen X-Men. But like... I don't know. And like, forgive me if I'm not 100% accurate on the, the X-Men, but like, they're born with mutations. They don't just like gain a mutation. It's only I Wolverine so. where his mutation is that he can heal super fast. And so like, a company uses that mutation in order to like, add a s extra metal skeleton over his own skeleton and give him claws that he can send out. So is X-Men the same as like the boys? I've never seen the boys, but X-Men is uh, in the Marvel universe and it's an allegory for like how outcasts are treated. And so actually, honestly, X-Men is kind of more like uh, the Incredibles. Okay. <laughs> Good. Like Incredibles, like Incredibles 2 when the, they become a 
illegal. Where does the Umbrella Academy fit into this universe? <laughs> I also haven't seen the Umbrella Academy. Okay, well, that's unacceptable. So come back to me when you've seen that. Okay, well, I'll <laughs> add it to the list of shows I have to... Currently, I've the dropout um, has its foot on my neck, so I can't do anything else until I finish watching that. All right, fair. So let's talk gambling debts, because while the Alice threat to the casino did not come back in this episode, the casino itself did. So this is also why I think that we're getting... Like, I think this is a hint to the Splinter universe, too, because in the Splinter universe, we had a whole plot line with Reggie and his dad being sick. I think his dad might have even passed away in the alternate universe. His dad passed away in the alternate universe, and then two episodes ago in the real Riverdale, he had a heart attack but survived. Yes. And so I don't know if the heart attack, like if that was always going to happen or if that only happened because of the Splinter universe, but this whole episode is about Reggie's relationship with his father and his father's gambling problem. So uh, he Reggie wants his dad to visit the casino to get his mojo back. Unclear whether or not Reggie is aware of the fact that it seems like his father might have had a gambling problem in the past. I, I mean, he says, like, remember we went to the racetracks that one time? So I think he knows his dad likes to gamble, but I don't think he has any indication that it is a gambling problem. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Veronica's down with showing him around the casino, trying to make sure he's having a good time. But then pretty soon we're told that he's betting a lot of money. Now they say $7,000. Now I'm, I'm not trying to sneeze at $7,000, but is that, a, is that a lot of money for a casino? Bet? It's not a lot of money for a casino, but I think it's probably a lot of money for anyone who lives in Riverdale at this point in time. And also would be a lot of money for me. If anyone wants to give me $7,000, I take it. Yes. And he's down and he wants her to loan him $5,000. And she's like, um, I don't think we don't so. do that here. Yeah, we don't really do that. Like, I think Veronica's being very reasonable. And I kind of don't get where he's like, you're gonna embarrass me in front of the guys by kicking me out of my own son's casino. I don't think she was gonna like kick him out. She was more like, do you want to just like, I feel I feel like maybe would be a good time for you to step away. Like seemed like more like she was just giving him some friendly advice, not like I'm going to escort yeah. you off the premises. So I think the thing is, is it's like Veronica's not wrong. And like their business doesn't do loans to people who are gambling. Like that's not right. how a casino works. You don't walk in and say, hey, can I have $5,000 so I can gamble it? Like that's not how it works. Um, And so I totally get that Veronica's like, oh, we don't actually do that. Like I'm not going to do that for you. And it's really inappropriate for Reggie's dad to ask for that and put her in that position. And this doesn't mean that it's okay how Reggie's dad acts, but the whole thing before he gets to the casino is my dad needs to feel like he's in charge. My dad needs to feel like a big man. We have to make him like feel super confident. And so it's not just like Veronica was in the right 100% and I'm not arguing against that at all. However, she is kind of because of the position she was put in by Mr. Mantle goes against like the advice that Reggie had given. And so I can see how like Reggie probably would have fronted his dad the money. Probably. Now, I think the solution here would have been invite him to the casino and have like some fake players letting him win basically and it not be like quote unquote real money or whatever. Like find some way to make him feel like he's now, that would probably just contribute to his wanting to gamble, but I feel like, I mean, I have a mild gambling problem, so I get a rush when I go to the casino, but I'm not sure that, like, everyone would, especially if you're losing, and since most people are going to lose eventually, like... Yeah, girl, you and me both, I'm not allowed to go to the casino. Yeah, it's, I have to keep myself away from it. I had to vote no casino in Richmond because... <laughs> 
I do this for myself. <laughs> I was being smart for myself. Did it work? Was there no casino? Uh, it's been tabled and they're they're unsure. They're re-voting again because it was very close. Wow, your one I vote really, really could have made the difference. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed all of the signs that just said, no casino. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, um, so Reggie comes home and he's like, how dare you do this to my father or whatever? And she's like, well, you know, like I just wanted to make sure he was doing okay and he's like very offended that she feels this way about it um and he also says that like the reason that his father was in debt with her dad was because he was just trying to make improvements to the car lot and the bank didn't want to give him a loan I don't know if I buy this. Oh, I don't buy that whatsoever. Um, but I do love, though it's not a good argument argument style, when Reggie's like, wait, so my dad's a gambling addict and we have to tell him off, but your dad gets to murder people and we hang up his portrait? I loved it. I loved it so much. Fair, because that was the thing that annoyed me the most about the previous episode was like Veronica hanging up her dad's portrait to like not be like him and then at the end was like, JK, we're gonna be like him. Like, oh, so, Veronica, now, so now your dad's okay. You literally <laughs> murdered him. You you don't have any like once you're out here doing murders you don't have any high ground maybe she should have come back to reggie in that argument and said no my father was a bad guy so i murdered him with your father he did something slightly wrong so i just want to stop him from gambling so he doesn't lose any more of your money like she literally is like i'm trying to look out for your dad but like reggie and veronica have not been together that long i i don't think it's her place to try and police his relationship with his dad she just but it is absolutely her place to police who is in her casino and to not give and those people who, yeah, and who she money. gives money to right so reggie is gonna go talk with his dad and he's like yeah actually i'm really in trouble i lost the dealership in a private poker game after the casino and he's like can you talk to veronica and see if she can get those quote-unquote wise guys to help with this problem i really don't like that we're using the term wise guys i still don't really get who they are like there's some people geraldo got to like get the casino to make money but i don't know what they're doing i think that they're just mob people it's weird to call them wise guys is that like the three wise men i don't i don't think that's at all what it's like i mean they brought gifts and these men are bringing wealth to the casino i just think there's a conversation we could be having i don't think that's what it like the term okay hold on wise guys term let's see what that wise a person who speaks and behave as if they know more than others oh or a member of the mafia so no apparently <laughs> apparently it just is a member of the mafia i didn't know that was okay wow hmm. well i i hope you're embarrassed now i am i am embarrassed no, but not as embarrassed oh as thinking that they were like the three wise men. I, i'm i was simply making a joke and i honestly i think that there's grounds there i think we should hear both sides okay all right sure so she asks reggie if he can now admit that his dad has a problem when Reggie approaches him. And Veronica's even like, look, I'll talk to Geraldo and see if I can do anything. But like, I just want you to understand that this is a situation that you and your dad have, you know, gotten in. And he is like, no, I'm I'm going to handle it. So he goes to approach the wise guys to handle it himself. And I don't know what was going on in this scene, but they start and end the scene with like a shot inside the fireplace. I don't what know. What is Riverdale doing? I, they're making bold artistic decisions and how dare you question them after the bold artistic decision you made last week. <laughs> 
<laughs> Look, I just, one thing that has not changed for me in watching this show, despite the writing and the plot issues and all the other stuff, I like the style of the show. And I feel like the first couple seasons, it was very distinct. And now I don't know what they're doing, but there's, oh well. well, yeah, there's more that we can, we'll get into in this episode. <laughs> yeah. So Reggie approaches the wise guys and they're like, well, we've already got plans for what we're going to do with the car lot. And he's like, what? What are you going to like? You're going to run some scams? I'm, I'm big on scams. How about you get me to help? I'll be the interface with the public. And I guess they go for it. Yeah. I don't know. He's like, oh, like. you're running scams out of a car dealership. Don't you need someone who knows how a car dealership works to help you run those scams? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it's interesting that he doesn't include Veronica on these plans. Like, he doesn't inform her that it's what's happening. He's just like, yeah, I figured it out. I got the dealership back. Well, and the other thing, too, is that they're saying that the dealership was worth $100,000 plus they want the five years of, like, profits that they expect to get from it. So I'm assuming they got the dealership but not the cars because how the hell would it only be worth $100,000 if there's so many cars? How is the dealership only worth $100,000? Like, like, I feel like the land would be worth more yeah, than that. Yeah, but it's in Riverdale, <laughs> the, the property values have gone down. But, I mean, the building, like, the building looks like it's at least, you know, 1,000 square feet. Like, come on. Yeah, I, ju- yeah, I just, like, I don't understand how it's worth $100,000, Especially when you add in the fact that it's full of cars. <laughs> yeah, maybe they weren't counting the cars. Maybe he also so has to buy the cars. What was he going to do about the cars? What was he going to, where was he going to put them at once he loses the dealership? See, I don't know how that works. Like, okay, let's say that you're in a bet with someone and someone's like a manager of, I don't know, well, it, ha- it would have to be an individual business. But like, let's say they're the manager of like a coffee house. If you win the bet and you win the coffee house, I don't think that that means that you have like won the like future coffee that's going to be brought in or like the employee who work there necessarily. Well, yeah, but I think that the, this is two different things because the car lot itself already has all the cars on it. True. Like, I think if you won the coffee shop, you would win all of the coffee that's already in it. But I also think the person who lost the coffee shop would be per- perfectly in their rights to go and take all the coffee. I don't think they would. Yeah, probably not. So then at the end, we see that back at the dealership, Reggie's dad is having a ton of fun playing poker and and Reggie has a flashback where he's talking with a doctor and I guess this explains some of it in the doctor's like, yeah, he's only got a year or two left if he's lucky. Yeah, he needs a transplant. Yeah, and it's probably not going to happen is what it seems like. So he's going to help his dad enjoy what little time he has left, which is kind of sweet. But I feel like there were probably other ways to make his dad feel like a a big guy without having to play poker. Listen, Reggie's dad sucks. And so I kind of don't judge Reggie too harshly on like whatever decision he makes to keep his dad from like flying into a rage. Yeah, I I still don't know why they're trying to make us like Reggie's dad. Uh, is that all. what they're trying to do? Well, they're trying to make us like like Reggie's relationship with his father, which I don't know. Look, I I think that they're trying to make us dislike Reggie more more than they're trying to make us like the dad. Well, it was such a weird move because at the beginning of the time jump, Reggie was a bad guy who was working with Hiram, and that makes sense given like the comic books and everything and some of what we've seen for Reggie. And then they're like, shoot, we need to get him and Veronica together. So I guess he needs to become a good guy again. Like, I'd almost rather they just had Veronica go bad. Well, they had him and Veronica 
running schemes the whole time. Like that's, oh, that's the other thing too from last week. Like, yeah, all of their stock trading was illegal. Like they were scamming people. Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't sure about that. Um, (laughs) I can't remember. Like that's why it was like in, they had like the front of the jewelry store and then they were like, like they were certainly doing, running scams. Like I think it's the kind of thing that was like maybe Ponzi scheme-esque where it's like you get all the money, but then if people need their money back, like you're not going to have it to give to them kind of thing. Was, was she ever a legit stock person? I think that she was when she was the she-wolf of Wall Street. Wait, okay. This has just hit me. So when she was in Wall Street, she was a legit stock person and then later had a fake, not fake, but like a underground jewelry store. Mm-hmm. And then she moves to Riverdale and has a real jewelry store and a fake stock business. Well, the st- I, it wasn't I mean, like, not fake, but yeah. illegal. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I guess, kind of. Uh, the other thing, too, is I, I would say that um, pretty much anyone on Wall Street is a criminal, so... There you go. Well, my my two big Wall Street insights are Riverdale and the Wolf of Wall Street, so. They don't paint a good picture. Not quite. I'm actually surprised we haven't seen Veronica doing a bunch of drugs. I don't like, know. Like, we haven't seen her do drugs since high school. Yeah, and then it was only Jingle Jangle. Did she ever do Fizzle Rocks? Maybe. Yeah. No, why am I asking questions about what happened in the past? I, I don't know. know or care. I um, thought Fizzle Rocks were the ones that were, like, really bad and everyone, like, died. I don't remember. <laughs> No, people died from the cyanide. Right. It's very confusing. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Anyways, it's it's fine. I feel like we can, we've spent far too long talking about yes. Reggie and Veronica. So let's <laughs> let's talk about um the serpents v Percival Pickens. Yes. Per, or sorry, Percival Pickens. Percival. <laughs> I could have sworn someone said something like different once. Like they didn't say Percival. I don't know. Percy Pickens. So Pickens is in Archie's house because he's going around conducting a census about what people don't like about Riverdale. Now, I think Archie is completely in his right to be like, I'm kicking you out. And Frank's like, oh, your dad would be disappointed or whatever. Like, Frank, you don't own this house. You should be thankful that Archie's letting you live here. I don't even know if you do live here. Maybe you live with Alice. Unclear because it seemed like the Frank and Alice love thing was only in Rivervale, but now we've popped back to Riverdale and I think they're together. I don't know. Yeah, I have I have no idea what their relationship status is. But also, like, yeah, Archie's in his rights to kick anyone he wants off of his private property. Like, he's was certainly welcome to do that. But, I mean, would Fred Andrews kick someone off the property for simply doing a census? Probably not. I think he'd kick Hiram off if Hiram was doing that. But if Hiram was doing a census, I feel like Fred Andrews would be like, oh, he's changing his ways and actually cares about how we are in Riverdale. Because, like, I mean, not to speak ill of the dead but fred andrews was not the smartest guy in town yeah i mean he did get into business with hiram so there is that uh pickens census is like hey what do you like and then what do you hate about riverdale and it's definitely shaping it so most people are bothered with the gang warfare amongst the serpents and the ghoulies and tony is like hey no me and twyla twist are super close now and we have a ceasefire and no that's not correct we are super close to a ceasefire (laughs) i was gonna say wait they're super close Um, (laughs) no they're not they're not super close well and this is the thing where it's like the people that are in riverdale right now are the ones who stayed through losing all infrastructure through the school being closed down through no firefighters through Hiram, you know funneling everyone to his little sodale development situation and moving people out of town i feel 
feel like the people that aren't able to get out of that situation are the people who'd be like, yeah, and there's gang violence too. What about it? Yeah. I mean, I think we need to say up front here, anything that Percival claims someone is thinking about, and anytime we even hear Jughead read someone's thoughts, I think it's with a heavy asterisk of like, Percival has gotten into their brains and made them think certain things as well, or pulled those thoughts to the forefront or manipulated them in some way. Because I really don't think that everyone would be feeling this way. Because Hiram, so Hiram, not Hiram, oh my God, Percival's goal is that he thinks Riverdale can be the next Marsha's vineyard. And so he's just trying to gentrify. So is he going to put a vineyard there? <laughs> well, no, I th- I think I don't think he means in like a vineyard kind of way. I think he means in a like rich people from Manhattan will come here to get away for the weekend or the summer. And so we're going to make it into like oh. a cutesy tourist town. Hmm. Everyone needs to stop trying to touristy up Riverdale. Like Veronica's trying to make it the next Atlantic City. Like stop. You know where people should never want to go? Riverdale. <laughs> No one does, except for Percival Pickens for some reason. So he's like, hey, Tony, why don't you consider disbanding the serpents? And she's like, hey, I'm the one on the council, not you. And also, I, now I don't I don't have this quite clocked in my Riverdale history, but wasn't Pickens the one who stole the land from Tony's like ancestors originally? Yes, that is why in this episode, she brings up that his ancestor carried a, or in last episode, that uh, his ancestors did a genocide. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So- I feel like that's bad. And it's uh, not Tab- good. <laughs> Tabitha shuts the attitude down. Now I wanna know, and I don't I don't get it. Why are Tony and Tabitha and Betty and Jughead and Archie the only people in the whole town who seem to be immune to Percival Pickens? Like I could am understand I- if it was Betty and Archie and Jughead, but I don't understand why Tony and Tabitha are. How am I supposed to have an answer to that question? <laughs> like I I don't know, Percival wants to have enemies because he thinks it's fun. I don't know. It seems like there's something like some sort of strength of character that and there's another person who I feel like flops to to Percival at some point that I was surprised about. So get your thoughts on that. Archie and Betty and Jughead are discussing the whole Percival Pickens problem and potential mind control that he might have. And uh, I was like kind of excited to see the three of them working together. But then I remembered like, oh yeah, I remember when this show had scenes with the three of them and Veronica, but Veronica has been in her own plot lines for like four seasons now. So. Oh, I also liked how last, you said last week, like, oh yeah, we thought we were going to get other content from Veronica, but it's more business and i just like to say when did we think we were getting different content from veronica it was a fever dream that might have been a fever dream that i had (laughs) that i thought we were going to do something different i think it was like like she was doing so much business stuff in high school and i think we were excited for a little while thinking she might not do that but then then she just completely has so forget that listen she is a girl boss yeah so they (laughs) this was a really funny exchange i don't know why it was so funny to me they're like yeah pickens might be evil he might be like Hiram so Jughead's like all right great let's throw him in prison let's break every bone in his body (laughs) I'm like okay whoa hold your horses I mean not really because he is a horrible guy but I thought it was so funny that they jumped straight to that instead of like going through four seasons being like maybe he's not bad maybe we don't know it's like they're they're on to him from the start like we're not playing the will they won't they with Pickens it's just get him out yeah they're like "Mm -mm, get away from us no no more does Betty even see an aura on him you would think she would 
Yeah. But I think then Jughead can't read his mind either. Maybe he's also immune to Archie's strength. Ooh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Maybe that's it. He's everybody's blind spot. Can he but hurt he Archie the worst then? ability. I'm thinking maybe. I think we'll figure that out next episode is going to be my guess. Honestly, I hope he can. If he can beat up Archie and really mess Archie up, I might be on board with Percival Pickens. Yeah. So Betty and Archie and Jughead are like, okay, let's basically do a reverse census and go around to our friends and neighbors that we trust and try to warn them about Pickens. So they go to talk to Cheryl, which we'll get to more in the Cheryl plotline, but she's basically like, no, nah, I'm going to deal with Pickens on my own and then kicks them out. So then we have a Twyla drive-by where she goes by Pops and shoots up the place, even though it doesn't seem like anyone gets hurt because they're all really good at ducking really fast, but it's still violent nonetheless. It didn't need to happen. I would have liked if it hadn't happened. I feel like, yeah, we kind of escalated from like spray painting well, I and think stuff to just straight up Tommy Gunn. Because Percival was like, okay, people want to get rid of the unhoused population, so some graffiti will do the trick. But now they want to get rid of gang violence, so I need to make the gang violence way worse. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And for so, what? Well, Tabitha calls Tony and is like, hey, Percival Pickens has got to Alice and Frank, and for some reason they're going to remove you from the council. And we guess it's because he thinks that you're a threat. And I think that this is also like Percival realizes he's not going to be able to corrupt Tony and so he just needs her out of the picture. So they have a town hall meeting that Archie and Betty and Jughead are too late to get to, but Pickens removes Tony from the council through a unanimous what? vote, even though she gives like a pretty good speech. I thought her speech was really moving. Her be- her speech was fine. These people have been mind controlled, so it doesn't matter what she yes. says. So this is my question because they say everyone except for Tabitha votes against Tony. Fangs is there. So Fangs also votes against Tony. I guess he was susceptible to mind control. I guess. I don't know. What about baby Anthony? Did baby Anthony get a vote? Um, no. Probably not. Baby Anthony does not get a vote. So the trio comes back at the end and they're like, oh, okay, I I guess we need to continue going after Pickens because um, they weren't there, which is another reason why it was unanimous. Although unanimous isn't the right word because there was one vote against. That's not unanimous. Yeah, unanimous except for Tabitha, I think is how they describe yeah. it, which is like, uh, okay, so three people voted against you. Yes. So Tony suggests to Fangs that they change the serpents from a gang into a political activist group. Now, this is a great thought, but first off, I think if Percival Pickens really wants to take the serpents down, he's going to find a way to spin it so that the political activist group is also not good. Yeah, all he's going to do is call them like domestic terrorists or something. Like, it's it's curtains for you, Tony. Yeah, and Fangs is not on board. He's like... No, Fangs is like, I've, like, like as we see over the course of this episode, it's like Fangs was ready for a rumble and, like, had all these weapons and it has been, like, doing gang activity behind Tony's back. Well, see, that's what I'm unclear of also, because if Fangs was also part of the vote against Tony, maybe Fangs has been a little mind controlled because it's clear that Percival Pickens with Twyla arranged the fake rumble. So maybe they like. Yeah, I think that he is fully under Percival's control. I think yeah. Percival's like, get these weapons. And then was like, we have a warrant for weapons. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then they come in and uh, Fangs gets arrested because he tries to stop Kevin from going into the baby's room. I am. Okay, let's stop down. I'm confused. Is Kevin baby Anthony's biological father? We don't know. Because the implication from this episode is they keep talking about how Kevin is his father. And I don't know. Like, I thought... I'm pretty sure that they, like, mixed the specimen in a container and they don't know which one is the biological father. So it might be Kevin, but they're acting like it is Kevin. I don't know. They're like... I mean, at this point, (laughs) like, he could get 
fangs to sign off parental rights to Kevin. Like, absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, he basically does. I mean, at the end, he's he's skipping ahead. But at the end, Kevin is going to say that he's going for full custody. And I'm like, wait, I didn't know you had rights to any custody. I mean, I guess well, cause I, the I don't baby, really know how like, that sperm donor the, works. The way but. it was is like, that was Kevin and Fang's baby that Tony was the surrogate for and egg donor for, right? And so right. it's interesting to me that we haven't seen more about Kevin and Fang's talking about what's going to happen to this baby. Like, Tony just got to keep it. And it because I thought I thought that they were like, okay, Tony's pregnant. And then at some point, Kevin's like, never mind, I'm stepping out. I'm peacing out. So he leaves because he's no longer with Fang. But doesn't mean he gives up parental rights. No, no, I understand. I understand. And then I thought the baby was born. And I thought the implication when the baby was born was they were like, oh, it was Fang's after all. And so then Kevin's just completely not in the picture. Oh, I don't think they clarified that. Okay. Yeah. So I'm confused. But anyway, that's happening. If anyone like has an expertise in like adoption law, I would love if you could try and make this make some sense for us. Yes, please let us know. So Fangs gets arrested. Tony goes to jail and talks to him because she's like, I think she's thinking that the weapons were a plant. But he's like, no, I actually, they were mine. Although I, I do think maybe he was manipulated. So they kind of were a plant. Um, Tony's crying. It's sad, but it's about to get way more sad because social worker Janet is back for a wellness check. Yes, for a wellness check about the baby and the baby is missing. The window is open. Baby was kidnapped. Now, this is when I think Splinter Universe, like hybrid Riverdale, Rivervale completely confirmed because Tony starts having flashbacks to Rivervale and she says she feels like she's having deja vu because this scene happens Mm -hmm. in Rivervale, I believe in the... Was it episode three was the Tony episode or episode two? I think it was episode two. So it's either in episode one or episode two because episode one was when was when Archie. baby Anthony's crying a lot and so it'll be it, episode two then would have been the one where it happened where the the um la la Llorona yes is is coming around so that was interesting because that's the first time we've seen like we've seen things that seem like they're related but this was the first time we had a direct flashback um and deja vu so that happened and then the town's going to organize a search for baby anthony and jughead's kind of listening into everyone's minds to hear information about the kidnapper but we find out that the kidnapper i'm assuming is pickens or someone working for pickens because pickens has the baby twyla calls tony and is like i'll give the baby back if we have a rumble what? And Tony's like, sure. Do we know what, like, what the hell is a rumble? Well, so I believe, oh, no, wait, the, a rumble is different than the riots that we had. Because we had, we had a, like a rumble type situation. The one where Jughead almost died. Hmm. That happened a while ago. That was when the serpents was, lost their, yeah, their home to the ghoulies. Was that a rumble? I don't know. I can't remember if they called it a rumble. The only I rumble I know about is like the a, royal rumble. No, I mean, the rumble, like, rumble is sort of like an old-fashioned, like, gang term. Like, in, in West Side Story, they say, like, we're going to have a rumble a lot, like, between the sharks and the jets. Like, is it just a fight? Yeah, it's like a fight. It's like we're we're planning a fight where we're all going to get together and, and basically whoever has the most people at the end wins. That's so, so stupid. There's got to yes, be a better name for that. It sounds ridiculous. Well, it's it's like a, it's an old fashioned term, and Riverdale sometimes does that. So yeah, and so they're gonna they're gonna do that, but uh, Tabitha is gonna overhear Kevin and another officer at Pops talking about how the whole thing is a turkey shoot. No, I've I haven't heard that phrase. Is that like a setup? Shoot. I assume it's a setup. Let me see. 
turkey shoot meaning um a situation typically in war in which one side has an overwhelming advantage so i think they mean here that like the cops whether or not aligned with the ghoulies or not have planned this whole thing in order to take down the serpents and that they're going to have such an advantage over the serpents huh. mostly because they're you know would be illegally attacking people i guess well yeah but so, like th- there's like four cops how do the cops have an advantage i think because they can like legally arrest people for holding weapons yeah but if these and uh, yeah but i mean if people are sitting here at a rumble and they're ready to kill they'll shoot to kill a cop too especially when there's only three cops in the whole town yeah i guess maybe the implication was that there were more cops i don't know it was hard to tell i do know that there the rumble had and i counted exactly 11 serpents so that's all who is ready to fight um and later on we're gonna hear that 22 ghoulies died so yeah the serpents would not have fared well in that rumble no they would not have and yeah so percival pickens shows up and tony is like i'm live streaming to the internet everyone is watching so you can't do whatever you're planning and it's like how many people do you really think are watching tony's live stream no but it seems to really like thwart pickens's plan because they get there and the serpents immediately are like okay everyone put down your weapons and they all put down their weapons and are just standing there with their hands up and percival pickens is like do you see this they're a resisting arrest and tony's like haha not really because it's on live stream baby and yeah i think it's just more i guess pickens didn't really calculate that that could happen i don't think he's from a time with social media Media. Also, this would create a paper trail, or not a, what do you call a paper trail when it's like electronic? Receipts. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> in jail, Pickens comes to talk to Tony and he's like, hey, Tabitha posted your bail, but it's not till tomorrow. Psych. It was like, that's okay, not how it, that works. <laughs> Also, by the way, like, first and foremost, she was granted bail really fast. In order to get bail, you have to go in front of a judge first, and then the judge sets the bail based on a hearing wherein they discuss, like here's the risk of the flight risk here's the amount of resources they have like a, a fair like a quote fair bail is like set on that i guess that's not really how it works for poor people anyways like uh, I, she would have probably had her bail much higher than what they could actually pay but you have a hearing typically to determine what your bail will be and then when you make bail you're released they it's not like okay well they paid your bail uh sleep on this bench overnight like it's like the whole thing is just not making sense to me like you don't you don't just Clearly get granted system. bail like honestly if anything tony probably would have just been released with like a f- future court date and not even needed bail i mean what is she in jail for um she is arrested for attending the rumble i don't know probably mischief where's everyone else <laughs> why does she have a whole she's cell to herself? the leader she's the only one oh that has gosh. to go to jail i don't know this is so whatever so he's gonna say that anthony is safe and Sam with his father, who we later find out is Kevin. Kevin says he's filing for primary custody and his only concern is Anthony's safety. Pickens is right outside. Pickens is like such a nosy little, like, why does he always need to be there? You're making it so obvious you're behind everything. I guess he doesn't care. He really reminds me of um, Petunia Dursley, just like looking through the window.
nose. <laughs> oh, okay, that. I was like, in what way possible? <laughs> like, just in being nosy right? as hell. I guess they're British. They're both British and they're both nosy. Enough said. There you go. Enough said. And they both so, are nimby as hell. And both what? Nimby, like, not in my backyard. Oh, okay. <laughs> I never heard that before. Ugh. Not in my backyard. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and Pickens has decided that Riverdale is his entire backyard. Exactly. So, Dr. Curl Jr. just surprises me every time we hear from him. (laughs) How did he say, he's a medical professional. Like, I know he's creepy, but he could conceivably get work somewhere else. I guess he just likes the volume of bodies in Riverdale. I don't know. I think this is a great place for someone who works in the morgue. It's a great place for someone to be. There's always some fresh bodies to snoop around in. He's so weird. Yeah, he, I don't know, he's kind of my favorite. And he, wasn't there, did we fever dream this? Wasn't there something about Betty and Archie getting married and then he was sad that he couldn't come to the wedding? In the um, River Vale, he had like, a, was in love with Betty. Right, yeah. So he tells Betty that the 22 ghoulies that were slaughtered, uh, which is something else that Pickens tells Tony about when mm-hmm. she's in prison, that all the, they found Anthony in a ghoulie lair and that everyone uh, died except for Twyla who escaped. And uh, so I guess Twyla just like sold out all the other ghoulies. I guess she doesn't care. She was probably she was mind too. controlled. Yeah, probably. She didn't do anything. So, Percival did it from both sides. Right. Now, how Percival is not able to control all the other serpents, I'm not sure. The Maybe serpents just are good people, Mary. They cannot be controlled. Except for fangs. Maybe he's not a true Maybe. serpent. <laughs> Maybe. I can't wait till Even the end of the season where we find out that fangs was a double agent all along. <sighs> See, I want to be like, fangs could be the trash bag killer, except we found out who the trash bag killer was and it was just some random. Fa- the trash bag killer's not from Riverdale, Mary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> trash bag killer also, like, why did we even have that be a thing? I'm so upset. I know we we didn't talk about it much, but I'm so upset with how they wrapped that up because we spent a whole season. I know we didn't care who the trash bag killer was, but I feel like we could have at least done something. I mean, I and instead, think, it's just like, eh, I don't, he's gone now. I don't think they're done with it. I guess we'll find I, out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, Dr. Curdle is like, well, the, the sheriff report said that the ghoulies were all killed in a gunfight when there were deputies on scene but according to the bodies the wounds all look self-inflicted which i'm assuming is because of like like marks are on the skin around like as if you held a gun to yourself yeah i'm not a hundred percent sure but it also could be like the gunpowder on their own hands right something like that i don't really know i i can't pretend to be a coroner so that's something that we're gonna get for next episode maybe and then archie is or will we all the nuns died by suicide and we didn't really hear anything about that again well no but i think this is just more evidence that like okay clearly someone mind controlled them into doing this as well which i mean come on people like he mind controlled all the people without homes to get on the bus and leave riverdale so clearly this is happening wake up sheeple yep so archie thinks that pickens is not trying to take over the whole town but wants to destroy riverdale which i feel like is the opposite. Hiram tried to take over the town. Pickens, I mean, sorry, Hiram tried to destroy Riverdale. Pickens seems to be wanting to like take it over. I think that Archie is just stupid. And so he doesn't under, like he thinks that there's still Riverdale left to ruin. Riverdale's a piece of crap at this point. Okay, new theory. What if Pickens is a direct like person who came over from the Splinter universe, came over here and wants to like physically destroy Riverdale in order to like break the connection? 
Um, maybe. It's an interesting thought. I don't know. I'm not sure if he's like from Rivervale or if he's just like created out I, of the I, combined. Yeah, I just think it's a, it, like, I, I think he's related to a paradox somehow, but I'm not confident enough to say how. Gotcha. All right. Well, the last plot we have is uh, more Cheryl Abigail. So I don't understand how no one has noticed the Thomasina Topaz grave at Thornhill. And my guess is this is another Splinter Universe thing that that grave was not always there. Well, I also just feel like are people really paying that much attention to graves if it's not the specific grave they're going to? Well, it's so confusing because in the Riverdale canon, Abigail existed. Mm -hmm. Whether or not Abigail was a real witch or not, we don't know. But Abigail existed and was burned at the stake, according to Riverdale. Mm -hmm. Thomasina Topaz and what's his name, Fogarty, who killed her, I believe were not. Because it doesn't make sense. We didn't know about it. We didn't hear about them. Yeah. So I'm not sure. But Abigail's new plan is to reincarnate Thomasina in Tony's body, murder Fangs, and then go after the descendants of her three murderers, Betty, Jughead, and Archie. And so this is when we have the trio coming in and talking to Cheryl. And (laughs) she's like, for two seconds, sort of pretending to go along with them. And then she's like, you know what? Actually, no, I'm going to kick you out because you're just reminding me of those people who killed Abigail. And uh, then she tells Britta to bake some scones with arsenic. Yeah. Okay. Get the rat poison out. If you bake a scone with arsenic, doesn't that like bake away the poison? Is that not a thing? Mary. Maybe they put the no. arsenic in afterwards. No. If you bake a scone with like brandy, it'll bake, cook away the alcohol, but it's not. I think I was assuming it worked the same way. I don't way. think that's the same. And I think you should be very <laughs> careful uh, with the foods that you're eating. Oh my God. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't going to do it, but I was just, I wasn't <laughs> sure how that I worked. don't think it's the same. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, look, I'm just asking questions. You know what? <laughs> no, I actually think it's really a good thing that you're not super familiar with how poison works. I, I take that as a I'm green not. flag. And I'm not going to Google it because yeah, don't, <laughs> I don't need that in my it's search a, like, history. Do not Google anything to do with poison. Like, it's not. So far during this podcast, I have already Googled wise guys. <laughs> I Googled Tommy gun to make sure that was the type of gun. Stop that, it. That they had. And then what was the last it one? Was the it was the turkey fight. Or the whatever. turkey shoot. Turkey shoot. Like, turkey. <laughs> Three questionable things. Yeah, the so, fourth. If you start googling about poison, that's when like someone close to you it. will certainly die of poison, and it's gonna be like, "Whoa, Mary is Google searching it," and it's like, "Yeah, that's yeah, scary." And then I have to sit here and be like, "No, she doesn't even know how poison works." <laughs> She doesn't know that it doesn't get boiled Listen away to the like podcast. alcohol. She doesn't know. <laughs> she could never be a poisoner. I know. Um, so Abigail delivers Archie, Jughead, and Betty the scones. Archie and Jughead have learned zero from any suspicious activity that has ever happened in their life. They both chow down like, instantly. Scones. Apparently, Archie being invulnerable means he's also invulnerable to poison. So that's hey, good for him. That's great. Stomach literally of steel. Yeah. Good for good for him um betty's gonna save jughead from the scone by making him puke using salt water does that work that fast i mean if you have enough salt water it could make you puke for sure i don't think that the quantity she gave him would do would make him puke unless there was like a ton of salt in it because i know like obviously you know 90s kid living with you know unrealistic body standards and normalized eating disorders i have certainly drank salt water to 
to try and like make myself poop more in order to be thinner. And like it never made me puke. And I drank much larger quantities of salt water than what Jughead had. But it okay. does make you poop. First off, let's not do that. Yeah, I, it's been years. Like it's not yeah. we're we're well past that. But it is an experience I've had in my past. I mean, not gonna lie, I was wondering because of the times in, in my life when I've been like, you know, I feel horrible and maybe if I puked I would feel better. <laughs> and I was wondering if that worked that fast. I mean, but. I think that in that situation, you really just got to stick a finger down your throat. I know. It doesn't feel good, but it, it works. But also, don't make yourself <sighs> puke, everybody, unless you've had poison. Yeah. Well, also, just, like, call some- poison control. Like, go to a hospital. <laughs> some would say large quantities of alcohol are poison. Well, they so. are. They are. Yeah, there you go. Abigail is upset to hear that Betty, Jughead, and Archie are still alive, so she's going to make a pl- plan to get some of Tony's blood for the ritual, which she does through giving Tony... She gives her roses. Some roses? Every rose yeah. has a thorn, okay? I Okay, I like, I've touched a rose thorn before. I feel like it wouldn't just immediately create that much blood. Yeah. Maybe they were cursed. Again, I've been watching the dropout, and they have to take a lot of finger pricks to get blood samples and it's not so easy yeah yeah i feel like it wouldn't be so yeah so i don't know abigail is talking with tony and tony's like well you know archie uh had a fight with the ghoulies and they're the ones who planted a bomb on his house so uh you know maybe the issue is that they're trying to kill archie and she's like oh tell me more about these ghoulies trying to kill archie this sounds great she needs to kill archie so she'll take any advice she can get and so i thought that this was gonna be like a i thought she would work Work with the ghoulies? Yeah, same. Not impersonate one. And I still don't... Okay, so this next scene is one of the most absurd things I think we've ever seen on Riverdale ever. And I am saying that with my whole chest very confidently. Six seasons into Riverdale, this is one of the most absurd things I've ever seen. And we have seen a lot of absurdity. Abigail is dressed like a ghoulie question mark? I don't... Mary, can you describe the outfit? I wrote down that this is a truly absurd outfit. I mean, it was fantastic, but she's wearing like a pant shirt leather red combo. Mm. And then I think the ghoulie part is that recently the ghoulies have been very decked out in like studs and like spikes and that kind of thing, Mm. which they kind of always did. But now, especially with Twyla, like there's a very specific look. But it's, I didn't even clock that she was trying to dress like a ghoulie until they mentioned it later. Yeah, no, I Because I I just thought it was Cheryl B, or, you know, Abigail Cheryl. Like they wear a lot of weird stuff anyway. Yeah, it was very weird. And she goes to Archie and throws throws a Molotov cocktail at him. She's on the roof of some building. I'm assuming this is the cl- like the gym, I don't, the boxing gym. I can't I begin know. to explain what this is. All I know is she throws a Molotov cocktail at Archie and leaves while he's like getting burned up, but he doesn't actually get burned up because he's invulnerable. Did his clothes get burned up? I don't know. I really thought we were going to get a scene later with him looking a little singed or something or have an opportunity to Like, or at least, like, shirt like shirtless. Yeah, but no, he's right. totally fine. And he lets Betty and Jughead know. And they're like, oh, let's do a plan. Let's use Jughead's superpowers, too, because Betty's already seen the aura. Archie's been invulnerable. And now Jughead gets to go read Cheryl's mind. Yeah, but he doesn't. He's like, well, I have to get over my, like, sickness from drinking all that salt water first, so we'll do it later, which gives them an opportunity for baby Anthony to get kidnapped. And so now she's like, oh, no, that's that that gives them the opportunity for Abigail to go throw the Molotov cocktail 
at Archie. And so now they're like, okay, Jughead, go read, go read her mind now. So he doesn't even do it, though. He goes to Cheryl. Cheryl won't see him. He can only rely on reading Britta's mind. Yeah. So he he tells Britta, Britta, I love how Britta has no questions about this. He's like, maybe if you think really loud, I'll be able to hear it. And she's like, help me. I'm kidnapped and being held captive here. And also there's a ceremony Cheryl happening. Is, <laughs> yeah. Cheryl's actually Abigail at this point. So if you want to like, please help me with this situation. He's like, gotcha. Sounds good. Yeah. Say less. Well, I, we've got you. We've got you. So Jughead's going to tell Archie and Betty about this. Betty goes to Abigail crying and immediately chloroforms her. So I'm assuming that Abigail was like, oh, glad to see that you're here. I'm going to try to take your body now because she needs a corpse for this ceremony. Yeah. That she wants to do with Thomasina. So well, I think no, but I don't she think, wanted like, Tony Topaz's body. Well, she needs both. She needs Tony Topaz's body to bring Thomasina back in, but apparently she also needed a corpse because she was like trying to get Archie's dead body. But anyway. Oh, I thought she just wanted to prove that he was dead. I don't know. Maybe. I don't I'm know. I'm not sure. As but if we could ever know. It doesn't matter because they're going to put Abigail back on the stake again. Apparently a little chloroform just really. Well, I mean, T, the witch can't T hang took her out to too. So true. Like true. She's, so, yeah. she's, she can be unconscious. Does not have stomach of steel. Yeah. And so they're doing like a spell while burning her on a stake. Um, And there's a really weird scene where they show like the fire like light up from the bottom of the pyre. Yeah. So Archie, Betty, Jughead, Nana Blossom, and Britta are all there. First off, I would not rely on Nana because Nana's screwed two people over with like supposed chanting being on their side. Like the first time brought Abigail back and put her in Britta's body. And the second time she uh, put Abigail in Cheryl's body. So yeah, I don't know why Yeah, but then Abigail locked her in here. a dungeon. So. Oh yeah. Maybe that. Maybe that's why. So um, <laughs> Abigail's like, really, Betty? You're going to, you're going to murder me again? And she's like, as many times as it takes. Yeah, how many times you burn Which, me at the stake? As many as it takes, bitch. And it's like, Betty is not the one who originally burned you. Stop it. Yeah. And Betty, like you and Archie and Jughead have been denying that this whole Abigail thing even may have happened or was a problem. And now you're just doing it again. Although I guess maybe, maybe this will get Cheryl back on their side because they're kind of saving Cheryl here. I mean, she seemed very relieved to be back. Yeah. And then uh, the Abigail goes goes into the Julian doll and I don't know. They they seal Why are the they Julian doll away in a case. The spirit in the doll. I don't know. I think maybe it was just like the only thing that was around. Like that's creepy as hell. Why not put the spirit into like a tree and then burn the tree too? Well, maybe the spirit would escape then again. I don't know. I'm not sure. And then Cheryl said something about how her and Britta and Nana Blossom need to keep the eternal's flame eternal flames burning. I don't know. Do you think that this is going to be like are we done with Abigail? Or do you think Abigail's gonna come back in some form. Abigail's coming back because Sabrina hasn't come back yet. Ah, so Sabrina's probably gonna, like, release Abigail. I think that, like, until the Sabrina crossover happens, we cannot count out um, witchcraft on the show. So, is Sabrina gonna be Sabrina's coming back this season, and so I don't think she'll be evil, but I just think that she'll probably... Abigail will get out again, and they'll need her to contain it or something. Oh, okay. I thought... I was thinking Sabrina might release Abigail, but interesting. I mean, she might. 
Sabrina, like, Sabrina famously is the devil's daughter, so maybe. True. So we don't know. All right. So title of this episode, The Serpent Queen's Gambit, obviously playing off the Queen's Gambit here, which was a novel from 1983 written by Walter Tevis, exploring the life of fictional female chess prodigy Beth Harmon, of course, made into a Netflix miniseries in 2020 that was very popular, and um, also about the chess move, uh, The Queen's Gambit, which is one of the oldest chess openings and is still commonly played today. It's traditionally described as a gambit because white appears to sacrifice the pawn. However, it could be considered a misnomer as black cannot retain the pawn without incurring a disadvantage. For any of you chess people out there who that makes sense for. Obviously, this was just a play on like they wanted to use Serpent Queen. Yeah, did you watch like, The Queen's I Gambit? I did. It's the I way it came it. out literally during the height of COVID and I was like, I'm not watching that. <laughs> I actually really liked it. I I did not think I normally would. I famously normally get kind of like not interested in content that's heavily about drug use. It just like isn't my jam. Mm. But um, I had no idea there was drug use. Good to know. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's pretty high plot line. But I think the way they portray it as like less of a like more of a I don't know negative character trait is very interesting and intriguing to me. So very very much very much enjoyed. <laughs> I don't know wow. what I was gonna say, but I I liked it. So most normal person of this week. Oh. I have a strong argument. God, please present it. I think it's by far and away Veronica Lodge. I think Veronica is like, look, I'm just trying to look out for my uh, maybe boyfriend or, you know, business partner's father. I'm trying to be nice here. I'm trying to help him. I think every single thing she said and did in this episode was very reasonable and logical. Yeah, sure. Who to, who okay. cares that two episodes ago she murdered her dad? Look, everyone else is either getting into wild circumstances or they're being mind controlled. So... Yeah, you know what? It's like, I give it to Tabitha as well, but Tabitha was in the episode last, and I don't know. We give it to Tabitha so often. It's fine. Give Veronica her her flowers. Yeah. So, Veronica, you can have this because most people know that uh, we're probably not going to give it to you again anytime soon. It would take a lot. Yes. Real quick, I'm just going to check one more thing. Okay. Um, While I'm here. Have you watched Only Murders in the Building yet? Not yet, but I want to. I saw that you just watched it. Yeah, highly, highly recommend. And I think you will, like, particularly for you, I think it's a good recommendation that you'll enjoy. Yes. Yeah. I um, want to. I think you'll... It's been on my list. Yeah, I think you'll like it a lot. You should move it up your list. I will. So I wanted to read this. This was actually from uh, last week or two weeks ago that Zev had written in, which was a theory that Archie like is going to start having more and more comparisons to Superman with the kryptonite and the plutonium thing. Mm. Or sorry, palladium, not plutonium. plutonium. Um, it's nuclear. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Palladium. And whether or not like the explosion in the bedroom has any connection with the mine explosions. And then apparently there's also, you know, the explosion of the planet Krypton. So there's lots of connections there. So does that make um, Percival Pickens Lex Luthor? Or more likely General Zod, but that's a little deep. I, yeah, uh, I, I have no idea who that is, and I'm just going to trust you on it. <laughs> okay, someone else from, from the planet Krypton who's a bad guy. Anyway, uh, if you know, you know. All right, so uh, I also want to read one more review oh, yeah. that uh, we got from Sethron. Yay, um, Seth! Yeah, this says, Watching Riverdale, not even required. Full disclaimer, I have not seen a single episode of Riverdale, nor do I plan to. I love the passion and banter that Mary and Kirsten bring to the table in this podcast. The 
best comparison I can think of is like when you're at a party overhearing a very spirited conversation from two enthusiastic individuals about a subject matter you have zero clue about. You can't turn away not only because it's so interesting, but also because you have no idea where it's going to go. When I sit down to listen, I buckle up because (laughs) we can go from ghost armies to mothmen space dreams and I'm just along for the enjoyable ride. I highly recommend this method and this podcast. Thank you, Seth. Thank you. I also highly recommend that method. Uh, that's how I pretty much listen to all my nothing but Netflix podcasts is I don't actually watch the content they're talking about, <laughs> but it always sounds very intriguing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Who has time so, to watch more shows? Just listen to podcasts. Shows are overrated. Just, just listen to the podcast. Uh, all right. Well, thank you very much for that. And uh, anything else, Kirsten, from the episode or last week's episode you want to talk about? No. No. That's it. <laughs> Look at us. All right, everyone. That's all for this week's episode. Of course, we read that review. If anyone else wants to leave us reviews or thoughts or questions on the episode, send them to us at KowskiCast on Twitter. You can email them at podcast at KowskiCast.com or, of course, lead them leave them on anywhere where you can rate and review podcasts and we will get those. Um, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for episode 10. Until then, you can follow me online at Frail Mary everywhere and you can check out some of the other podcasts I'm doing, which I usually tweet, uh, such as Big Brother 10, Big Brother Canada 10 coverage on Rob as a Podcast, as well as the Ultimatum recaps from the Netflix show, also on Rob as a Podcast. And uh, you can check out everything Kirsten's doing at Kirsten Said What. Kirsten, you want to plug anything in particular? Um, yeah, check out uh, BoJack Horse Pod with me and Lindsay Wilson over at BoJack Horse Pod. Uh, and also check out Temptation Island coverage over on the Hot Demis on Islands feed over on uh, Rob Pessa Podcast. Yes. Oh, and Bridgerton too. Check out Bridgerton. Come on. Post your recaps. Check out Bridgerton. Come on. Everybody has so many just wild dating shows happening. There the are moment, so many so. dating shows. I'm so excited to watch The Ultimatum, Mary. I haven't been able to yet, but it's I should be starting it like next early next week and I'm so excited. Did you like Love is Blind? I haven't watched Love is Blind. Okay. Interesting move to go to The Ultimatum instead of going to Love is Listen, Blind. Listen, The Ultimatum I mean, they're very different in tone. sounds <laughs> so. like Temptation Island mixed with Wife Swap and I'm on board. It is. The Ultimatum is so... If you like to see a lesson in bad relationships... <laughs> Come watch this show. And that's my area of expertise. So I can't wait. Well, if you enjoy it and then you want to talk to us about it. Oh, I'll bully my way on the podcast. You know I will. Okay, great. Sounds good. Well, you don't even have to push very hard. We'll be (laughs) welcoming you with open eyes. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. All right, everyone. Until next time. Bye. I can't believe there's a real sentence coming out of my mouth. Percival? Percival?